0: Hello and welcome to the first ever A-League Wrap-Up podcast. I'm Alan Riley, editor of the website, and we're joined by two guests today. Uh, the first is uh, a writer for of the site. we got James Renton, purse fan. James, how are you doing?
1: Very good. Thank you, mate. Thanks for having me.
0: No worries. We're also joined by a special guest today. We've got um, Neil Simons, uh, co-founder of Kick360, also host of the former Ramble project. J- Neil, how are you doing? Very good, Alan. Thank you for having me on the podcast. I'm looking forward to it. Easy. Well, we've got a big episode today. We got we're talking Daniel Sturridge to Perth. We're talking the A League's rebranding. And we're also speaking to Neil about his time at Kick 360. We want to kick off with Daniel Sturridge though. He's obviously joined the glory in a massive deal. Oh what James, you're a Perth fan. What are your thoughts on it?
1: Um well, obviously it's huge that we've got a player the size of Daniel Sturridge. Um I think, you know, Looking at the Castro situation, we needed someone to come in, probably a big name. Um, I didn't expect that we'd be going for Sturridge though, because I reckon we were pretty, you know, top heavy with all the strikers. So how we work him in, I'll be very interested to see. But I just hope that now that we've got him, um, this will hopefully, you know, give us a chance to not only make the finals but hopefully challenge for uh, the Premiership.
0: It was a pretty top-heavy squad. You obviously signed Barbiero as well over the off-season. Sardinero? Yeah, you, you got four. Oh, no, it wasn't Barbiero. Um,
1: you signed the foreign fellow. I can't remember his S- name. S- Sardines. Yeah, him.
0: Oh, Sardinero or whatever, however yeah. you say it. Yeah. You got him, you got Fournarelli, you got Kier. How do you fit the four of them in into uh, the team?
1: Um... That's a, that's a tricky question because um, it's it's difficult to think tactically how Richard will set up this season. Um, obviously, I, I don't think Andy Keogh should start. Um, I was a little bit critical of him over the season before because, you know, he, he obviously made his, you know, return against Adelaide and I thought, you know, he looked like a completely different character. But... You know, he wasn't he wasn't scoring enough for me, and obviously on that game where he did get the four, that was incredible. But you know, he's not really offering as much as he used to. So I imagine you'd have Sardinero um, as the cam, and then probably Bruno Fornaroli and Daniel Sturridge leading the line.
0: All right, sounds good. You said you had a funny story about Sturridge just before yeah. we started recording.
1: Yeah, Can so- you tell us about it. Yeah, so I was on the way, um, it, was, it was on a Sunday, um, ironically my team just lost um, the semi-final for the, for the local team, so um, I was feeling a little bit upset and then I got a message um, from a mate uh, who's got connections at Glory and basically what he's told me was um, that we were looking at potentially getting Daniel Sturridge and I was like, What? So this was a couple. This was a, this was a couple of weeks ago, and I was like, right. So I knew Castro was unlikely to resign, but I didn't think we were going to be going for Sturridge because obviously I've been told by someone else that we were looking at getting an ex Premier League attacker. So I was like, oh, geez. So um, I had to keep pretty hush hush. I was leaving little hints and clues everywhere, um, but uh, yeah, I was. Obviously very surprised when the mate said, look, we're getting Sturridge. Um, and now that we've got him, um, yeah, it's um, it's good news. I mean, I mean,
0: it's absolutely huge for the league. I just want to throw it to Neil quickly. You put out a poll on Twitter saying which was the biggest signing, Honda or Sturridge. A lot of people said Sturridge. Which one do you think it was?
2: I think if you look in the realms of fan acquisition and and sort of what's going to draw crowds today, obviously it would be Daniel Sturridge. The the Liverpool fan base within Victoria is massive. That's obviously where I'm based at the moment. We obviously saw the 95,000 people uh, at the MCG about eight years ago, including myself in attendance. Uh, I think moreover, it's an indication that uh, Sturridge has more pulling power in both social media following and also the, the lure of a Premier League star is massive. We don't see too many ex-Premier League players in the league uh, who have obviously achieved the things that Daryl Sturridge has. I think uh, the closest comparison in terms of that would obviously be, uh, well, I guess in recent times, Emil Heskey. But if you go uh, further back, uh, ex-Man United players and and, and what have you, Robbie Fowler, of course, Dwight York. uh, So those players have played in the a-league and that they brought the crowds they brought the the fan interest the media interest the commercial side as well is crucial to the Perth glory as we know that uh, tony sage likes to hark on about how he has no uh how he, how he has no cash he's pulled out he's pulled this out of his bag so i don't know what's yeah. going on there uh but uh yeah uh, it's good stuff and i think uh i think comparing it to honda uh it's a very difficult thing to compare you're, you're comparing apples with oranges the the japanese market is huge um in terms of social media engagement and also fan acquisition, there were, there were Japanese journalists who flew down to Melbourne uh, when the deal got announced. So it's a very uh, it's a very stark contrast between the two deals. But I have to say, Sturridge, uh, in terms of the fanfare and everything that has brought along with it, it's been massive. But the only thing that's changed this time is that there hasn't been a long speculation period like we saw with Kesuke Honda, as well as Alessandro Del Piero within mm-hmm. the mainstream media, uh, as, as, as has been mentioned. Days, wasn't it? So yeah, no, t- ten days apparently. That's how long it took. Um, as there was a report in the Western Australian that stated that, and I think it's uh, a very good job by uh, you know Terry McFlynn, uh, of course Tony Pignata, who I've uh, waxed lyrical about on-, on socials. And yeah, it's a- it's a masterstroke for the league, and I can't wait to see uh, the Perth Glory line up. I mean, a very very uh, cogged up attack. But yeah, uh, you know, all all jokes aside, I think they're putting together a very nice squad.
0: Yeah. You mentioned um, media coverage. We saw we're obviously recording this on Monday. Star Richards just appeared on the project, and it seems to have gone down really well. He's a big character; fans should love him. They they honestly should. Mm. It, it's something we haven't really seen in the in the league before. So yeah,
2: I think if you, if you look deeper in terms of player interviews, and I, I think this is a, this is a, a failure on the part of the former administration of the league in, in Football Australia, they really failed to capitalize on player personalities. And uh, delving into that realm, I think the APL and are doing a much better job of that in, in the short time that they've had uh, operational control over the leagues. Uh, Starridge will be a very good character. The, the question is if he'll feel he'll want to speak to media or not. I think indicated by tonight, he should be a quite a good
0: interview. So I'm looking forward to it. It's not, it's not just Perth, it's going to be huge for it. It's going to be huge for the league. And we saw with Del Piero, crowds were up 50% or something ridiculous. Remember Adelaide had a teeth, they had a, a teeth for him. A, an opposition player and they brought a full bloody teeth For him. What is it, what's it going to do for like crowd numbers In that, do you reckon?
2: Uh, I think the Perth market and the Western Australian market, I'm sure James could correct me on it. It's uh, It tends to fluctuate a lot. Uh, you know oh. you'll get you'll you'll, you'll get sixty thousand at at uh, off the stadium for the grand final, but then you won't be able to pull five thousand for a game in HPR HB, HBF Park on a Saturday kickoff. So um, I think it's something we haven't really experienced. I think since Robbie Fowler in terms of a uh, marquee name of that magnitude. I, I'm not going to count William Gallas. I don't think he deserves that credit. <laughs> um, no disrespect, but uh, yeah, I think in essence. Um, it's going to bring a lot of fanfare to it. I'm not sure we'll see HBF Park packed out every week, but uh, the Glory should be expecting over 10,000 attendances for the rest of the season. I hope at least. Hey,
0: James, you can correct me on this. Yeah. Let's have... They have a really big British, like, expat following there. Yeah. It's also, like, really big Liverpool. Like, do most of the people there support Liverpool? Yeah, sadly. So, no, <laughs> Because I know you're a Un- you're a United fan. Neil's a United fan. Good.
1: <laughs> no, because yeah. I I went to the um when when Manchester United came into Perth, um you might have seen or might not when they did an open training session, um some bloke with a helicopter like flew over like you'll never walk alone or something.
2: Uh, yeah, I drew, that, that was that was 2 years ago. I did not remember that. That's when uh, Mason Greenwood started breaking out. That was yeah. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah, anyway. No, back, we're, yeah, yeah
1: we're, that game um there were the glory fans like the shed that came um, I think they were singing like the Liverpool anthem. Like there is a lot more Liverpool fans uh, than United fans, which is a shame. But um no, I definitely think the fact that we've signed two, you know, big Liverpool players um, that's really going to help with the crowds.
0: You also mentioned Neil. There's a heavy Liverpool victor- following in Victoria. Mm. Also in South Australia, it's massive here. It's either them or United, you know, probably like the most supported team in the state. Mm. So that that should that should boost crowds up as well. I think it also just captures the imagination of fans who are like the Premier League but don't really like don't follow the A League.
2: Yeah, no, I mean you're seeing Optus the sport milking it, and I, I don't blame them at all. You know, uh, if you're a, if you're a mainstream media publication, there's no reason why you shouldn't be focalizing all your coverage on Daniel Sturridge. Um, it's it's a real shame to see the game really go through this lull period, which I'm sure we'll, we'll, we'll uh, touch on later. But uh, slowly, we're seeing the leagues rebuild. Uh, I know it's obviously been an off season, but. Uh, the interest within the game has has been superb um, from from my from my angle, and there's a real new dawn for the game. And uh, think about C B S. you know they've they've invested in the league, literally two percent, and they have a two percent stake within the APL. Um, and they've just got a little little stories to play with for for a season, possibly more. So, uh, what a fantastic coup for for the A League, and uh, I think uh, you know uh, for for all Perth Glory fans, you should be expecting a lot of uh, Saturday night kickoffs on. uh, on uh, Viacom. We've got network,
1: network 10. Yeah. We better be hyping for some bigger crowds because I'm going to be a little bit blunt. Last season, our crowd figures were in the toilet. Um, yeah, well, was, I think I'll I was
2: across the league, to, to be fair. Like, I'll, I'll yeah. interject there because you know, the cautiousness around COVID and things like that, I understand that.
0: Hmm. Um, I remember. Yeah. If I just interrupt, I remember United got like 12,000 for the opening day and then didn't break 10,000 for the rest of the season.
1: Well, I think we it was. Po- yeah. We, the play, we played Wellington, and, and that was when I think it was 100% capacity or something along the lines of that, and we only got about 9K. So it's a bit weird, but anyway.
0: Yeah, storage should help with that. What oh, you, he's also too, 30, He's a good age as well. If he stays fit, because well, we know Daniel Sturridge, his legs are made of glass at this point.
1: Yeah. If he stays
0: fit, how many goals do you reckon he's getting this season? How big an impact do you think he has on the field?
1: Jesus, that's a that's that's the that's a big question because, like, obviously we we all know that Sturridge is a is a quality player, but now that we have Castro gone, I guess the real question is who creates the chances. How do we how are we going to create our chances? Because seven Valentini. Be, Oh yeah, him. He's gonna get a, he has to get a pro contract, but
2: uh, no, nah, he, he, uh, he's on he's on trial now as as we all know. But anyway, keep going.
1: <laughs> yeah. So anyway, we, it used to be Castro or bust, like when it came to creating chances. But I think like now we've got Brandon O'Neill, we've got Daniel Steins coming through, we've got the pace through Pacific Nyongar Berry. If those guys are firing and really looking to create chances for both Bruno and Daniel, I wouldn't be surprised to see Daniel Sturridge getting what. Probably fifteen, maybe
2: fifteen or more. Yeah, I, I was actually thinking that as well. Like literally fifteen goals a game per season. I, I don't see why not. Um, you know, it's the players surrounding um, Sturridge. You've got a lot of quality inside an era. Bruno Fernandes Rol- can also chip in with a couple of assists. Uh, there's no reason why, if if Daniel Sturridge stays fit, he, he can't. He can play well. I mean, I've I've done a bit of research, done a bit of a deep dive on him, and he seems to have uh, really found his love for football again. It re- reinvigorated his passion again. I, I don't see why after the season he just can't go to like the championship and and bang him in there. So yeah. um, this is a really good spring for a really good springboard for him to to progress his career. And I don't see why not.
1: It was good to hear. That that the
0: sorry, oh, we saw the O-League can't do that. It's like Veski, I think he was close to getting back into the Polish setup. I can't remember. We've seen a bunch of Australian players over the years just head from the O-League straight to the championship. You know, Brooke. Um, McGree, even though he's on loan from Charlotte, I'm saying Adelaide players because I'm obviously pretty biased. Yeah, <laughs> yeah for sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I don't know.
2: It, it's a really, it's a real interesting conundrum. I think you'll see the quality of the, of, of of the teams in this season dramatically increase. I think uh, Western Sydney victory um, are two teams that have well, improved, done victory. Uh, have, have improved tremendously. Um, all jokes aside, but. I think uh, we're in for a really, really strong league this year, uh, both in hopefully commercial interest and and also uh, viewership across the board. I think uh, what's what's being built at the moment, alongside with the rebrand, I'm literally giving you a segue here, Alan.
0: Um, yeah, should, be, say, a, aside should, from, should be all good. <laughs> aside from on the field, if, any, if the stuff from last season's anything to go by, went for a cracker of a season, especially if they you know, continue the strong off, right, off the field form. Welcome back. So we've had internet trouble. Uh, my internet cut out. If you saw the tweet. So we've still got James Neil here. We're talking about the A League's rebranding now. Obviously, it's kind of old news now, but the A League or A Leagues is now known uh, rebranded last week. We've now got the A League Men and the A League Women. I'm going to throw to you first, James. What are your thoughts on the rebrand and the logo? First of all. Um. Well.
1: First of all, I think it's um, if we're wanting to unify the game under, you know, one name being the A-Leagues, then, you know, it's a good idea. Um, basically shows that when it comes to playing football, you know, it doesn't matter if you're a guy or a girl or you're starting in the youth league. You know, everyone's going to get an equal chance and um, we will be recognised under the same brand. So it's a, I reckon it's a good move.
0: What about you, Neil?
2: Uh, the Isuzu Men's, the, the Isuzu A League Men's is going to be a very good uh, proposition now. Nah, but I, I think in all seriousness, um, the the whole rebranding is really good for the for the game commercially. It's going to provide a lot of benefits in, in terms of commercial outlook and um, really puts it under one banner, which is fantastic. First of, it's like in Australian sport, um, uh, people saying that you've got the AFLW. That's the same as the W League in essence, but uh, yeah, I mean, I'm obviously a little, little disappointed that the W League is, is basically gone as a brand, but we'll still call it the
0: dub no matter what. Yeah, so, dub still exists. Go.
2: Mm, for sure.
0: What are your thoughts on the logo? Because I know you were talking about this on the kick cast. Uh, it's obviously very easy to draw. It's memeable. I'm pretty sure that's what they were looking for when they were, you know, designing the logo. So what are your mm. thoughts on it? I was like, as a logo, because it's been pretty controversial. Okay, it's grown on me. Recently, I don't think anybody's
2: been complaining in the past two weeks. So I don't see why it would cause any issues beyond that. It's it, 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 feedbacks always going to be negative if you change anything. Um, the old logo was fine. I understand the reasons why Football Australia and the APL are deciding to vacillate themselves from each other, which is important. I feel you know the professional tiers of the game need to be separated from the grassroots in the realm of um, advertising and things that are ill because it is a pristine product so uh, there you go what about you James what do you reckon
1: um, I don't really mind that we've we've changed the logo um, you know it's always going to be interesting it was, it was going to be interesting <laughs> when it was announced that we were going to rebrand you know the logo and the competition um, and it's simple I like it it's um, you know obviously they've tried to copy the Adelaide building construction or whatever that is but uh food you know, designs it's, it's, as well yeah well it, it you know it, it's i like it it's uh it's simple um it didn't really need to be that tricky but you know it's it's it, I, I like it. it's a decent logo. oh
0: well, finally on the topic before we move on oh uh, what is it this is probably the most important section what does it mean for australian football as a whole what does it mean for like the a-league men not just the a-league men now but the a-league women as well because that's all under one banner, And I remember Danny Townsend, I think, was talking about it. He said, it's to prove that we're all Australia. This is the A-level football, regardless of whether you're a go or a girl, which is what you were kind of alluding to before, James.
1: Yeah, and no, I, I, I 100% agree with what with what Danny has said, because, you know, it's it, it's important if we want to, you know, unite the game in the country. It's all under, you know, one name, so A-leagues. And... You know, I guess they might have taken inspiration from the AFL. But the point is, like, like, you know, like Danny said, it doesn't matter if you're a guy or a girl. You know, you, you're, you're going to be playing football professionally for Australia. So that's, um, you know, it's, it's to me, it's, it's really a good idea.
0: What do you reckon, there? What does it mean in terms of, like, Australian football as, like, a broader thing as a whole? What does it mean in terms of unifying the game?
2: Uh, if
0: I'll be honest, it, it doesn't really do much in
2: the realm of, uh, unifying the game to be completely honest with you. I think the APL, the fact that the, uh, the eight, the men's and women's games were under that banner was really important. It does unify the game in the consumer's eyes, but I think we all know as, as very distinct followers of the game that the game has been unified and men and women are being put on, on the same playing field for a long time both in the contractual negotiations and things of that ilk. But uh, yeah, this is really the last step, I mean, especially with unifying the, the the men's and women's pages. That, that That's that's really good as well. And
0: I think uh, we need to see more of that. Uh, just lastly, part of the rebrand, um, we didn't mention this in the first recording. But I remember your mate, Michael Turner, Neil, he did a phenomenal piece on this, on mm. the uh, digital hubs, how right. that, how we can use data to... Essentially just transform the game. What do you think? Mm. How important do you think the digital hub's gonna be? Because that's what I'm most excited for. Yeah, and I'm definitely just hoping are. there's a fantasy A League part on it.
2: Yeah, well, there will be. I mean, Danny Townsend's announced that I'm pretty sure in, in oh, previous yeah. interviews. A lot of stuff he says goes under the radar for some odd reason, but um, in essence, uh, do check that out, please. It's he literally made it in 20 minutes, which was crazy. Obviously, I had to do an extensive uh, editing job on that one, but nonetheless. Uh, it's, uh, it's a real data revolution. So it's a nice, but the games are, you know, the biggest parts are under the surface. And, uh, the first party data, as, as Michael says, is absolutely key within the makeup of, uh, the way that the APL and clubs can utilize statistics to drive sponsorship, drive, uh, customer acquisition, and also drive revenues as well. So I, I think it's really important to ensure that, you know, club community members can be involved in engagement decisions and things like that. You know, if this is a big version of my football, then so be it. I think it'd be fantastic. Uh, and also, yeah, there's obviously endless opportunities. You have a digital football hub. You're investing 30 million. Um, that's that's what has been reported, at least. Uh, it's just these tactics have to be deployed in a manner in which uh, fans can access the game more. Uh, Danny Townsend seems to... Uh, agree in the realms of what the digital hub can offer uh just gained you by prior interviews and also uh, just the general sort of consensus going around at the moment but yeah uh, digital content and the makeup of this in the coming months is going to be critical to the game's growth and you obviously have a stark contrast with the nrl shutting down the digital arm last week so uh we will move forward i will be interested to see though if if the apl will centralize their media like the afl and nrl do or had in the past um you don't really see that within football so uh we'll see what happens
0: yeah just before we move on to the next section and the the last section james uh what are your thoughts on the digital hub just really quickly
1: oh well very quickly It, it, it sounds very exciting um you Know if, if this is the move that the APL is going to do to increase engagement with amongst fans, then um, I'm all for it. Um, it all sounds very exciting and I really can't wait to see what happens.
0: There's a reason why we've also brought Neil on the show for the first episode. We're talking all things kick 360, they have absolutely exploded recently. Just come onto the scene. I remember the Mumbrella article said you guys got like 39,000 unique viewers a month, which is insane. Uh, Neil, what's it been like? What's life at Kick360 been like at the start? At the start of its senior? It's you know? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's been fantastic.
2: You know, I think it's about, it's for us primarily, to grow Australian football as a whole. Uh, the, the, it really speaks to itself within the, the headline of the article, you know, dedicated football fans launch online publication. You know, we are football fans. You know, I think uh, myself, Michael, and everyone else involved uh, are very key in the makeup of, of this organization. Uh, in essence, it's about growing journalists as well, growing young and, and upcoming journalists and guys that you wouldn't have noticed six months ago, given a platform, provided the the resources that's necessary to do it bigger and better things. Uh, we've got some fantastic editors on board as well, um, fantastic you know forces of guidance as well. And by no means am I experienced within the industry. I'm merely just a, a commerce student trying to make ends meet. Uh, through growing the game, so uh, the, I, I will say something though the team environment that we have, uh, every single journalist who's contributed—they're they're wonderful individuals. The atmosphere that, that created, the ambience—it's—it's it's all superb and uh, life's good. But life will be better when the season starts.
0: Oh, I just want to—you mentioned you're a commerce student. How did the idea for I'm going to make my own football site come around? Um, I, re- I remember. I remember last year you try to get, you trying to rope me in, into it. <laughs> um, I didn't know how big it was going to be at first. So I said, I've got other stuff happening.
2: Yeah. 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 Well, I think I was just like, that was maybe probably a different project to be honest, but um, yeah. So in essence, the, the idea came about, I guess, you know, as, as a year 12 student at the time, <clears> just <throat> trying to, you know, I, I, I saw it within June, especially, I think that was a critical juncture. Yeah, June was a
0: big month to meet you. Yeah, so
2: News Corp, unfortunately, uh, laid off most of the football journalists, um, which was disappointing. And I think they're all wonderful, wonderful journalists. Some of them have got work, some of them don't. Um, And I think uh, that Fox Sports renegotiation at that point I think it was like, yeah, this, this game needs rejigging in the media landscape. Yeah. It's, it's uh, Fairfax are doing a fantastic job. And everybody, to be honest, who covers football in this country deserves applauds the because they're keeping the mission and the dream alive. Uh, the motivation was to provide other journalists a platform as well. I think i have repeat that again. But if you were to provide university students with the ability to you know, come into a fresh environment and meet new people and learn while on the job while also, you know, receiving guidance from the best in the business. That's, that's, that's the most important thing, creating an atmosphere that that's really important. And um, I think necessarily allowing these journalists to go on to larger things as well, but also simultaneously providing a different outlet that provides very different content compared to your run of the mill, um, other publications. So yeah. long form content, tactical analysis,
0: um, I mean some of the tactical analysis it, it's been superb. I'm a big Tom fan of yeah, Tom James Williams as well. So James?
1: Tom Williams is an absolute genius when it comes to that. He's, he's brilliant. <laughs> yeah, he's Tom's great. One.
2: Yeah, Tom's great. Tom Tom's a good friend of mine as well. He's uh well they all my, they're all my mates. So uh <laughs> no, to, to Tom Tom Tom's Tom's fantastic. Yeah, he's, he's just cuz he lives in Melbourne. Uh Tom <sighs> Tom really has a tactical eye for the game. He's got a tactical new, and I think he's, he's very diverse in, in, in the way that he interprets football matches and things like that. He's also a very articulate writer as well, uh, and he's provided a lot of great content. And that's not to say that the other guys aren't good because they're all brilliant in their <laughs> own right. Um, Jack George as well has, has done fantastic stuff with Tom. Uh, obviously, the, the Socceroos game against Japan would have passed by the time we've recorded this. or this has been released. So um, they did put out a very good tactical piece on that. Uh, I think it's, uh, yeah, Patrick Bruschetto also put something out on how the Wanderers might line up. And also we've got something with how Daniel Sturridge will uh, line up in the Glory lineup uh, as well. So very interesting takes in that one um, in terms of lineups, predicted lineups. But uh, yeah, I think, yeah, Tom's fantastic.
0: And I think everyone else is, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> James, I'm sure you're going to be looking forward to the Sturridge article. How important do you think, you know, outlets and websites like kick Sixty r And when you say there's like a bit of a fan media sort of revolution going on, where it's replacing your traditional news corp, not really Fairfax, but do you think it's now coming to the forefront of the media landscape?
1: Well, I think it's what people would honestly want to read. I mean, me personally, I'd rather read, you know, whether it's a tactical report or it's someone's opinion, but More importantly, they're people that love the game. They're passionate about the game, and particularly the A-League. And, you know, it's really taking, you know, the Australian football, you know, world by storm because, you know, we've obviously got, with you, Alan, the A-League wrap-up, and we've got Neil uh, Kick360. I always look to want to read those articles because it's what the fans are wanting to say. I don't really want to be reading some journo who's done, you know, a little bit of research on, let's say, Sturridge and say, oh, Sturridge will be an exciting player. I want to hear what the fans are got to say. And, you know, I love the ideas that both yourself and Neil are coming up with. It's, uh, it's, it's absolutely great stuff.
2: Mm. Uh, I think to that as well, I think uh, the most prominent football journalists in this country, you know, your Joey Lynch's, your Vince's, your Michael Lynch's, uh, the list goes on and on really uh those guys are passionate about the game uh they're very passionate about the game to grow and the thing is they're not there aren't many of those people employed in in, in positions in which they can talk about the game consistently so you have gotta hold on to what you get and i feel uh you know the the disintegration of, of publications uh obviously you know sbs being uh one of them really put a damper in, in many people's minds it was it was a very difficult moment for many and you know, we can't replace those publications, but you could provide something new And in a digital orientated age. It's very important to diversify. And I can't thank Michael Turner enough for, <laughs> for being there as the head of operations. And he's done a phenomenal job in terms of, uh, you know, getting us up to speed and yeah, more things to come in the future.
0: Um, that's all we got at the moment. Is there anything you you guys want to say or anything you want to plug before we finish, before we wrap up? Yeah, sure. Just
2: check us out on uh, key360.com.au uh, Obviously, a lot of content coming your way in the coming weeks and days. Not sure when those go out, but there'll be a little feature on free agents. There career retrospective for Diego Castro with Daniel Garb oh. um, and Kenny Ooh. Lowe. Um, there's obviously that digital revolution opinion piece. Uh, a report coming out today that the PRFA uh, will basically <laughs> pull their referees from uh, A-League NFA Cup fixes in the, in the foreseeable future until that gets resolved. Uh, what else is there? Honestly, there's a lot more. Uh, there's uh, obviously the, the aforementioned Daniel Sturridge article, which will come out very I'm soon. I'm keen
1: to
2: that. Yeah, yeah, nah, you, you should be. It's very good. Um, by the way, Alan, uh, uh, Adelaide have actually opened a scoring against Adelaide Victory. Oh, uh, nice. Ben Halloran has I was meaning to
0: hop down there, but you know, we to re- about
2: to record this. It's a very small stadium in which they're playing, but uh, yeah. are you sure you're heading down this weekend, right? To the yeah, to the, the, yeah, yeah of good course. Stuff. Good stuff. But Just yeah, get tickets, I'll, and then we're sorted. Yeah, I believe it's actually sold out. Um, but yeah, yeah, plenty of stuff. But make sure you sign up to the newsletter as well. Uh, and yeah, that's about it in essence. Kickcast podcast, more coming out uh, very soon, and yeah, thank you for uh, the little plug and. Yeah, make sure you guys uh, suss out the content.
1: What about
0: you, James? Anything from you before we finish?
1: Um, Well, I'll do... I'll follow a similar suit and I'll do a cheeky little plug myself. Um, For anyone that just wants to hear about football as well, I've recently started my own podcast where I basically rant about anything for about 50-odd minutes. I've got, to, I've got to admit, though, Alan, I got inspiration from you and uh, <laughs> I just felt like you know, I, I could write articles. I could, you know, do YouTube videos. But I reckon, you know, you look at the change in what people are wanting to listen to or view podcasts is where it's at. So I've started one called Football Matters. I talk about anything to do with football. Um, and yeah, if you'd like to be involved with it, please send me a message on my uh, Twitter at Zuzu Season 10.
0: All right, that's all we got time for today. Uh, it's been great having the two of you on. We'll see, you ne-
1: we'll see you next Cheers, time. Mate. Cheers, mate. No worries.
0: Thanks for listening. Bye.